So over here at night, or what time is it over there? It's eight o'clock here in Detroit. Yeah, okay, so an hour ahead of me, I'm speaking to, now let me try to get your name right, Contel Bradford, right? Contel Bradford, yes. Um, okay, so I got it right. And you are an author, actually, uh, on uh, Amazon, or you have your books selling on Amazon, uh, which that's, yes, that's really cool. Main, that's the main distributor. I also have a few on Smashwords and all the stores that they uh, distribute to as well, but mainly Amazon is where I get most of my sales. Well, Amazon is a big platform to sell, uh, I mean, uh, books even, especially with Amazon Kindle. I mean, there are other places to uh, sell your, I mean, uh, distribute your books for sure, but Amazon, that's a big deal. Now, for those who don't know, what exactly do you write about? Like, what are your books? Or, or try to take it like one step at a time. What got you into wanting to write in the first place? Well, I've actually been writing since elementary school. I just love to read stories. And just from a very young age, I was very imaginative. So I wanted to try my hand at creating my own stories. So that's something I did for fun for a while. Then when I was 15 years old, back in 1993, I wrote my very first book. But I didn't take it serious until maybe 12 years later. And that's when I actually self-published my first book. So it was a long road. Took me a while, but I finally started taking it serious. And here I am. And what was the what was it like uh, getting your first book out there? Like writing that story that you want to tell for I mean, again, for those who don't know, what it, or where do you start for your uh, first novel and, uh, you know, just getting that out there? Uh, well, it was basically life experiences, man. I felt uh, I, I lived in Detroit, Michigan, uh, in the urban environment, so I just felt those experiences were were worth getting out there to to let people know who may not be familiar with what goes on in my environment. You know, just kind of reflect on some of the experiences people go through and all the grittiness, all the the violence, the unsavory elements is just something I felt was worth sharing with the world. I was also influenced by authors who wrote similar content like Donald Goins, Iceberg Slim. So they influenced me. I wanted to follow in their footsteps and just write real gritty stuff that I feel is like true to life. So that's what I focus on for the most part. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of them are definitely adult, like uh, Room uh, 713, Mr. Bill, and, and Hot in Here. I mean, I'm going through like a couple of the books that you have on Amazon. And getting that book out there, or how was it? Like, you made the story, and now you're at the part of distributing it as a business and putting it out for other people to read. Or just that you wanted to share with others. I mean, telling that story is one thing, but also sharing it with other people. That's yeah. probably another experience. That's definitely the most challenging part. And it's actually something I still struggle with today, the marketing aspect. Back in those days, there weren't Amazon to, to lean on. So I had to do everything you know, the traditional way. So I was literally out here on the streets selling books out of the trunk of my car, going to flea markets, traveling to book expos. And it's been a long journey, man. And I got a, I got some decent feedback back then, but 
now with everyone and their mothers writing a book, it's so easy to put a book out there. It's a lot of competition now. So I found it very difficult to publish, I mean, to promote a book nowadays. So trying to find different marketing avenues and hopefully crack this code. You know, there, I mean, writers have experienced, I mean, since the evolution of technology to the point of what you have today, uh, writers have found different ways to experiment with their stories. I mean, for one, the thing that is growing today is also the audiobooks or audio learning. Yes. Uh, have you thought of like getting someone to narrate your book and then recording that as for those who want to listen to the, your stories? I actually have, but I'm having such a hard time marketing. I feel like I need to, to get that master first before I move into audio books, yeah. mainly because of the financial aspect. Of course, it costs little to nothing to self-publish an ebook, but an audio book, that's a bigger investment. And I feel that would be another marketing aspect, another hurdle I need to get over. So I would like to have a little bit more success marketing traditional ebooks before I move into audiobooks, but it's definitely something I have considered and have looked into. Yeah, and all I mean audiobooks, I think they've or been around even for a while. I remember I remember before you have audiobooks to listen to online, you had cassette tapes yeah. for different books that were narrated by different people. But now like if you want, you could even have someone or even read the story yourself and then just put it on SoundCloud or Spotify or any of those audio platforms. And that I don't think would cost too much outside of the subscription of having like SoundCloud, uh, SoundCloud Pro or something like that. But yeah, I mean, more freedom, but as you said, more competition. Uh, so as you continue writing books since you've had uh, multiple like how how has writing changed for you first of all as the year has gone by well I definitely feel I have improved my leaps and bounds in terms of uh, the quality of my writing and I've benefited greatly from uh, freelance writing I started freelancing back in 2007 writing a wide variety of topics like technology, internet security, web hosting, things like that. And from that experience, it just helped me tighten up my fiction creative writing to a point where I've had to go back and pretty much rewrite all my old books because I feel like I'm a lot better writer today. Like some of the old stuff is embarrassing for me to read. So, so I feel like I've come a long way as a yeah, writer you know that's just every creative uh, period i mean i've had embarrassing content myself when i started this so i i'm i mean you know you keep doing it you learn from things and discover new techniques exactly. and to put, put you in the image that you envision when you started this so i i mean i even just i haven't gotten a chance to read any of your books but just even looking at the cover I actually do see uh, a progression from uh, something like high in here, and then you go all the way over to uh, 
Um, so another thing besides talking about experiences in Detroit, uh, you also have a few erotic books as well for uh, those who are like into the adult kinky stuff. Uh, now this is a PD thirteen podcast, but I, I'll say is that I I am very much accepting of everybody and what they like to do. Uh, I've interviewed diverse creatives from regardless of whatever they do. Uh, I've even had a sex worker on this uh, show before. Yeah. So I mean, hey, whatever you're into, as long as you're not hurting anybody, then uh, good for you. And exactly. I think that's cool that you're expressing the stuff that you are really into uh, through your books i mean no harm in any of that so actually that's the the thing is you have stories about uh, life in detroit and then you have the erotic stories like for someone who's new and go like okay what type of stories am i into i want to learn about detroit or do i want to learn about the the kinky stuff uh do you do you have these two types of novels for uh, different audiences, like people who are in the more raunchy side and they're into uh, the erotic tales and then the ones who want to learn about what it's like in Detroit, then you have those types of books. Or, I mean, I would, I would figure that you're just writing it based on things that you're, you just really like or things that you experience. Well, some of them, there's like a mesh, like a, yeah. say a book like a Thug's Passion. That's like a mesh of urban fiction, AKA street lit and erotica. So while I was dealing with the hardcore aspects of what goes on Detroit, when it comes to the sex scenes or whatever, it does get pretty explicit. So it's like a mixture of kink and street lit. But then you have something like the Fetish Dictionary. That's a lot less street and it's more erotica. There's no gangs or drug dealing or nothing like that. That's more aimed towards the erotica and romance crime. So I kind of feel like that appeals to a wider variety of people because I'm sure not everybody wants to read about street life or whatever. So I kind of keep them separate. But when the when the story calls for, I will kind of combine those aspects together. Okay. Well, I mean, whatever. I mean, th these are your stories that you write. So, I mean, whatever that you enjoy doing, I'm like, that's the thing is the audience will be there. You just put your heart into it and just uh, really love it. Uh, have you gone to pre COVID, of course, have you gone to events or public areas to sell your books? or do tell other people about the stories that you write? I have before I uh, pretty much converted everything over to digital. I used to do a lot of book signings in Detroit. Like I had a spot at the flea market I was set up at for two years. I had other items for sale, but of course I have my books on the side. I traveled to book conventions in New York, Cleveland, St. Louis. So. Before Amazon really blew up, I was pretty much on foot a lot. And I found a, you know, a measurable degree of success. But once I started freelance writing, I decided to move everything over to digital since I was at home writing for clients. Just thought that it made sense and it was easier. But to my surprise, the marketing aspect has been much more challenging. 
I have much better success selling physical books on the street than I do online. So that's my current struggle because I really don't sell paperback books anymore. I'm all digital, mainly because of the cost and where I live now. I don't live in Detroit. I live in a suburb, so it's not easy for me to get out there on the streets like I used to be. So it's a lot different just trying to figure out how to make it work because I see a lot of other authors making it work for them. I just got to figure out the, the code for me to, to find that measure of success I'm looking for. Yeah, I would get it because being online, it's an even wide an ocean, whereas in person, at least in a neighborhood, if you know some people and uh, it could eventually get to the point. I mean, even in conventions too, you have people visiting and they'll check out every booth that's hard to say, especially now with COVID, where the, it's usually not the best idea to right. uh, go out, even though there are people who try to make it work. I mean, I guess if you have face masks and gloves and you sanitize everything, maybe right. you could do some social distance for distribution. Yeah, it's definitely more I, of a gamble on this era. But yeah. I've seen a few authors out here with their masks on, selling their books at the little uh, book expos and whatnot. But right now, I'm so far removed from that, I can't even see myself going back to that anytime soon. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm scared of COVID myself, so I, I wouldn't even think about going out to places. Exactly. But my I, wife would freak out if I started doing that because she's real scared of COVID. So. No, no, I, everybody has the right to be scared of COVID. I mean, oh, with yeah. the new strain and, and people partying and all that. Uh, so you mentioned that you've been having trouble selling your books. So what, is this your day job or do you have another job that's helping you out? Well, I also do freelance writing. That's, oh, my, yeah. Main, yeah. that's my main business right now. So I write for a wide variety of clients, depending on what they need me to write about. It's mostly technology topics. Right now I'm uh, in training for a comic book writing job. So after I'm done with this interview, I have a test article I have to turn in for potentially new clients. So that allows me to make a living while I'm trying my hand at being an author. So I got the monies there, but I'm looking for the fulfillment of being a successful author. Luckily, I do have another fairly successful successful business right now. Yeah, well, I think in due time, and COVID won't last forever. So at, at some point, I don't know when, but I mean, some level of normalcy will come. I think and, so. I mean, then there's, but the thing is that at this time, this is where people are taking advantage of online. So while you may struggle at some point, hopefully there are things like Facebook groups or, or uh, other places because that's what artists would do when they're having trouble selling work is they get help from other artists or other authors or networking Uh, and not even just facebook there are instagram groups and and twitter well i don't know about twitter but uh reddit there's different social media platforms and they all got communities of people helping each other out so i mean a lot of resources out there Yeah, I mean, if you can find some advice from there, they'll help you, help you with uh, getting more sales on uh, Amazon or other places. But uh, I mean, that's another thing is this is such a weird time for 
even authors because there are a there's a new generation of people who have a short attention span and I'm, i mean this not even in an offensive way but that the younger generations or even the older generations they'll latch on to something for about seven seconds or ten seconds <laughs> and then they'll get bored or they'll go on to something else and there are more people like going away from reading and that that's why audiobooks have been popular because there are people who are like yeah i don't feel like reading i just want to listen to something or uh, i want to watch something and that's why authors i've seen even take advantage of platforms like tiktok where they give out little samples of their work or that they do something in relation to what they do and sell that on instagram or amazon as like an, a little ad of what like i'm gonna read a few sentences or i'm gonna talk about a little bit about the book that i got going on i'm gonna give a sneak peek or yeah. i'm gonna have a writing tip so, something that will get people engaged of what their creative profession is that will be like okay exactly. i like what this person is doing i want to check out i want to click a link to their Amazon page or whatnot or their website. So you, I mean, as as challenging as it is, as difficult as it is, even now, especially with people at home, that's why things are at most competitive. There is still resources and ways to pick you back up. So, I mean, and, and the fact that you do at least have a day job that is relatable to your creative job or your creative work, that also was very helpful. So I, I think you're doing a great job. Uh, Thank you very much, man. Thank you, Dave. Definitely in a position to get there. I just gotta just gotta get there, put in the work, find out what works for me, and see how it goes. But I'm definitely nowhere close to giving up. So I'm very uh, hopeful that I will eventually get there. Yeah, and you never know. I mean somebody could blow up in 10 or 15 years or you don't you really never know uh so you mentioned because i mean at the beginning you're talking about your experiences in in, uh, detroit how are they now like what i mean what's what's detroit like at least currently and pre or currently covid because I mean, there besides COVID, there's the uprising of Black Lives Matter. There's a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of important things going on right now. Uh, like, how has living in Detroit changed from when you first wrote that book? Well, Detroit is very much the same in many ways, as far as the, the hopelessness you see in the neighborhoods and poverty, violence, and things like that. The, the thing when I was growing up, there were a lot of gangs around, so you don't see as much as that, but it's still a lot of negativity, man, to the point where I felt like I had to leave in order to, to really get ahead in my life. So while I'm very uh thankful for my experiences there, they molded me into the person I am today. I'm very happy to have moved away, moved me and my wife away from that. I don't have to look over my shoulders and be worried about what might happen or you know so Detroit is not a very good place to live unfortunately I mean there's people live there they're making it just fine but 
it could be a lot better and it hurts to see the condition that my city is in. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, but you're in a, in a safe or at least better place now. Yes. I live in a suburb that's about 30 minutes away from Detroit right now. Okay. So at the very least where you're at right now, it's, it's safe or at least better than, um, I mean, the fact that you are writing these stories and then sharing your experiences for people outside of Detroit to read and go like, holy crud. I mean, you never know. Someone might read your book and be like, okay, we got to do something about this, which that's always the hope. I hope so, man. I just feel like sometimes it's hard for people to relate to that. And I kind of feel like by writing these stories, I kind of put myself in a box because like you said, you never know who might like it, but in a way, I feel like those kind of books only appeal to a certain demographic. So it's kind of hard to reach new audiences of people who might not know what that life is about or may not have no interest in it. So that's the challenge I'm dealing with. The same way with erotica, it's some, even advertisers, they won't even promote your erotica because it's just too explicit, I guess, for their audience. So I just had to pick the two genres that are probably hardest to market, but of course other authors are doing it. So I just yeah. have to figure out how to I mean, do it myself. I mean, even think of it this way, you're not alone in this. There are several artists yeah. like you that are trying to do what they can to keep themselves up with, uh, you know, the online system that we're in right now. Now you also mentioned hard to sell erotica. And I mean, true. I may not be a super raunchy person, but I've grown up to just accept and, you know, or people who have lots of kinks or they're very kinky. And I've, I have friends who are people who are their, their burlesque performers or they do adult things. And I'm like, okay, so it's something you enjoy doing and you're not hurting anyone, then, right. you know, good on you. There's one kink that I have learned about very recently. It's because it blew up on the news with this celebrity. I, I don't, because when I read about it, I was like, okay, I, th- this, this kink kind of crosses the line. But I don't, I don't know if you even know about this, but there is a uh, cannibalistic fetish. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> Okay, no, that that that's too kinky for me. I'm like, there's okay. a lot of crazy stuff out there. Actually, one of my <laughs> freelance clients, he was like one of the biggest uh, fetish clip sites. So I was writing a lot of crazy articles for him, and I actually got an opportunity to interview a few performers. So I actually came to know a lot of the craziness that goes on in that community. So yeah, it's a lot of wild stuff out there. Well, okay, but what what? Like cannibalistic fish, I think that that's kind of harmful because it's like, okay, I get off to eating you. It's like, who would want to? I think it's more of a fantasy type of thing where they like, they're not really eating body parts. They just, they're just turned on by the the concept, the notion of seeing that stuff. Well, that's the thing. That far. I didn't even just think about it. It's like, okay, you you get in bed with someone, they're like, oh, I would like to eat your finger off. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I 
I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how I would process that. Like, then again, I'm not in that. I'm not in that point of in a in a relationship like that. It uh, is crazy, man. Much... And unfortunately, I think some of that stuff borders over into abuse, man. The yeah, that goes into it. I've seen a lot of crazy stuff. I understand the pleasure aspect, but some of it, I just don't know what's going on in the head of the people, the subs who are on the receipt the end of all this craziness. So. I, I don't know. That, that, when I read that about the celebrity uh, Army Hammer wanting to eat her, his girlfriends, I'm like... Yeah, that's pretty crazy, man. <sighs> Like you say, as long as they're not hurting nobody, I try not to pass judgment. You know. I mean, I I don't pass judgment, but when I even think about that, it's like, how do I know you're not gonna hurt someone if you get off to the idea of hurting someone? That, exactly. That's the thing that I, when, when it's a kink that actually is about you know causing some level of harm to someone, but you're only fantasizing. And I'm like, okay, then at what point do you fantasize? to the point of accidentally doing it or exactly it's definitely a thin line man and it takes a very mature and disciplined person to engage in that type of stuff man so i don't know but I, i'm <laughs> not in that scene so i, I guess i i can't i again don't judge so i hear you i hear you i, I don't know uh but, but i explore a lot of that world in the fetish dictionary that's a lot of kinky, crazy stuff that I picked up from my time working with the client. So yeah. I try to cover like uh, about 20 to 25 different fetishes, short stories, dealing with the act, the mental aspect of what goes on in the minds of these people who are indulging in these fetishes. I like to think it's a pretty interesting book, man, but it's definitely out there and takes a mature reader. <laughs> Who don't mind reading this kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that is a. I mean, you talk about marketing yourself and writing erotic stories. I mean, that that is for those who have kinks, and especially, I mean, if if Fifty Shades of Grey or Three Hundred and Sixty Five Days could be huge successes. Exactly. And, I mean. What's to say that if you have an erotic story yourself, that it won't possibly take off in some way? I mean, I don't even know how that even happened with Fifty Shades of Grey being the success that it is. But I mean, there are people, who, plenty of people are into that more than even think. So, I mean, right? I don't know. Uh, There's a lot of luck involved too, man. So you just got to be in the right place at the right time and put in the effort. And that could be you. We're getting a movie made from your book, so yeah, yeah. Yep. So, what is your current plan as a writer? Like, what are, what are you currently working on? Uh, as far as uh, well, I mean, it doesn't have to be your client or client work, but even as an author, like, what's what's in store for you right now? Well, right now, I have a new book, a new urban fiction title called "The Ghetto's Trying to Kill Me." coming out next week. It's actually uh, based on one of my old stories I wrote back in the early 2000s. I pretty much rewrote it word for word since I feel I have improved so much from a technical standpoint. So that's coming out next week. I've also started to dabble in visual novels. Not sure if you're familiar with those, but they're kind of like uh, like those pick a path books where you like 
you can pick what happens next in the story. It's kind of like that combined with a video game. So they're interactive. The reader can make choices at various points of the story. There's music, sound effects. So I got I got one of those out already, and I have another one coming out in the next two months. So that's what's up on the agenda for me. Yeah. And uh, what um, what are some things that you hope to, well, at least not, I mean, always thinking about the bigger picture, but as far as scaling back to the smaller picture, what's something that you want to achieve this year? I just have a, I have so many projects in the works, man. I would feel good if I can just get some of them finished. Like, uh, I currently have three projects going on right now. That's not including the ones that I just mentioned. I just mentioned to you. So if I can get those done and out of the way and, and start some new stuff, that would be good for me personally. So. All right. I mean, short time goes, but yeah. short but simple. Yeah, well, I, I'm just very happy for you that um, you, you got to this point at the very least that you're just having a lot of fun with your author. And I mean, being able to go out to places and sell your books. Uh, so regardless of where you think you are right now, the fact that the, there are people out there who know about your work and that uh, it's gotten you to this point where at the very least you are doing it for a living in one way. That I mean, that's a, an achievement on its own. Definitely. Uh, so where do people go to find your books and to find your work and everything? Most of my books are available on Amazon, but the best place to find out about me and my creative writing will be my author site, and that is countcrewpublications.com. And the crew was spelled with a K instead of a C. So that's my author site. I have all my books listed there. I have a little bio, I have excerpts, samples that people can check out. I have information about the visual novels so people can learn more about that. Now those are not available on Amazon because they're marketed as video games. So my first visual novel was available on itch.io. Oh. Which is like an video game site. So all that information you can find on my website. Yeah, that's actually really cool. I, I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I guess I missed that, that you made at least, uh, you made a niche.io visual novel, which that, that's another thing is that besides audiobooks, uh, people are turning their uh, interactive stories into games and even just having it be a book, but with either player choices or you're reading through the, Novels. That's awesome that you have a interactive story on itch.io. And hey, you know what? I mean, since you're going that route too, maybe eventually they'll find their way onto Steam. I bet that's probably. That, I mean, that would be even a bit, well, Steam or GOG, any any other platform as well. They sell them on there too, so that's definitely the goal to get them on Steam eventually. That's pretty much the big marketplace for PC games. So. Yeah, which I mean, in on itself is a highly competitive market. Uh, so, but yeah, you know, I'm I'm proud of you with uh, you what you much, got man. so far. I, uh, I mean, yeah, and this will be on Ponds Press, which is on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter at Chase Pond sixty four. The um, I mean, uh, Ponds Press is audio. You can listen to it on SoundCloud. It's, uh, 
Spotify, all the audio platforms, if it's if there is a podcast hosting platform, we're there or we're going to be there under the same name. Okay. And I uh, put in like little video snippets on Insta Reels and TikTok. So there's that. Okay. Uh, Definitely look forward to checking it out, Matt. Can you send me a link to one of those uh, sources? Yeah, yeah. When I have it upload, I usually uh, either tag the creator, or I let them know that it's up. So yeah, once I have all this upload, which is usually the day after or the day that I would, I would say I would, this will be up on either Sunday or Monday, but I'll definitely let you know. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, but until then, I hope you just have a wonderful night and, uh, you know, a good next week and uh, endeavors into 2021. You too, brother. Thank you for your time and the opportunity. I appreciate it. Of course. I appreciate you.